Tell me who's behind all this. I'm sorry. But I can't tell you that. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And we are picking up a high five, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we do when we're in Colin's living room. (laughs) Uh, We're picking up leg two of our trishecta, in which we we kind of dip a mini-series of Robert Sheckley stories and novels. And this time, it is Immortality, Inc., which was a 1958 novel that was serialized in Galaxy Science Fiction, you said, Colin? Yes. And then it was it was also published as a novel in 1959, nominated for the Hugo Award in 1959, but lost out to A Case of Conscience by James Blish. Yes, it did. And then it was adapted into a 1992. Son of a Blish. <laughs> <laughs> James with a dad joke. Uh, it, it was eventually adapted into a 1992 movie called Free Jack, starring Emilio Estevez and Rene Russo and Anthony Hopkins. Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger, yes. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins, yes, I guess that is that is the appropriate way to say it. <laughs> it, it was adapted one other time in 1969 by the BBC. Right. Um, however, because of the infamous tape fiasco, the same you know, way all those Doctor Who episodes got lost, mm-hmm. right. they taped over it and it's gone. That's yeah. crazy to think about. <laughs> they would do that. It is. It is. Well, well, yeah. Compared to now, though, data storage was so much more expensive than it was than it is today. Yeah, but I guess I would have. Exp- well, I, I, it makes me wonder. I guess uh, how good the movie was. I suppose because if it was good enough, it probably would have been archived by BAFTA or something like that. Right? BAFTA may not have had the. Remember, nineteen sixty nine. Home video was not invented yet. Yeah, that's fair enough. All right. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, but England's pretty big on there. Keeping their. Movies and culture. And yeah. But stuff. I mean, it was out of this world, right? It was the, uh, the yeah. program that it was on, which we have done before because there was right. iRobot in space <laughs> that, we, that we did for that episode. Um, yeah. So but, uh, yeah. any previous history with this material? Neither. Nope. Over two. How, how much Sheckley from anybody? Was your first Sheckley the seventh victim? I've had plenty yeah. of Shackleton. No Sheckley. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we did Robert Sheckley for In Real Future. The seventh victim, which was then right. adaptationally, adaptationally added three victims to, for the tenth victim. <laughs> uh, but yes, here we have brand new book to all of us. I had previously seen the movie in the theater. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're old. Yeah. Uh, the movie came out in 1992 in January, and I'm pretty sure that I saw it at the Tigard Cinemas with some, with some of my very Dang. little amount of spending money that I had as a college student. So, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. So. We'll talk about that. Later. Made the trip all the way into Tigard. Well, from Newburgh. Yeah. You know, it was not from, like, from, from Did Alaska or something. they not have movie something. theaters in Newburgh? Or cinemas? There, there was, there was like the Cameo Theater or something. I think there was a like a little oh. art house theater or I, I don't even know what it was, what, they, what they played there. But then there was a drive-through <laughs> that, where you could, you could watch a double feature for $3. Sweet. <laughs> you can still watch double features there. It's one of the few surviving yeah. drive-in movie theaters. Yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of oh, got nice. resurrected actually in 2020. Yeah. So, yep. um, and it stayed open during the right. pandemic because right. you could sit in your own car yep. yeah, and yeah, watch yeah, movies. Yeah. But yeah, I saw Terminator 2 and Point Break. There. <laughs> oh, so. Ooh, that, that's a good deal. Yeah, seriously. I mean, yeah. like in terms of college entertainment, right? We, we would drive over right. to Little Caesars, pick up a bunch of pizzas, <laughs> and then, you know, for very, not very much money. And then yep. for $3, that's fantastic. see two movies. <laughs> yep. So that was that $3 per person or $3 per car load? It was per person. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, we're not talking about uh, that. We're talking about <laughs> Immortality Inc. by we, we can keep Robert talking Shepard. about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't need to go to Immortality. <laughs> so, what, what is what is the high level plot synopsis of Immortality Inc.? Uh, this this book is about the effects on society of legalized suicide laws. Interesting. Which is it's not the first kind of that kind of idea that we've hit. Right? We've we've hit it with Sheckley before. I think. Right? Yes. Seems um, to be a pretty consistent theme in many right. of his works. Well, the, the three that we've read, mm-hmm. I mean, we're not overly wide read in Sheckley by any stretch. Right. It is, it is interesting, though, that when you look at The Seventh Victim, which, you know, legalized hunting of people, mm-hmm. and then, immor- no, not Immortality, Inc. Um, Prize of Peril. Prize of Peril, right? right. Legalized suicide so that you can go on a game show and throw your life away in hopes of getting some money. Yes. And then here we have legalized suicide so that you can end your life and move into the hereafter. And th- that's what the book is really about, right? The Essentially, 
the science fiction idea, if you want to call it science fiction, because <laughs> you you it's rides the line between science fiction and fantasy when you're talking about afterlife. Right. Right. Now here it's taking a technological afterlife, but in order to buy it as a science fiction idea, you have to buy the dichotomy between the brain and the mind. Right. If you don't, like a lot of really naturalistic people are like the mind is the brain. Mm-hmm. When the brain dies, the mind dies too. Whereas, you know, religious folk, we, we've been used to this for a long time, the idea of the soul and the body. Right? right. And the mind and the soul, that's a, like the Greek word is like psyche, suke, really. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the, the effects really are the effects on society of discovering that there is a hereafter that's available to everyone, as far as they know. <laughs> as far as they know. <laughs> and, and that's where, like, in terms of, like, overall thoughts about this one... It's a pretty brief book, 200 pages. Yeah, yeah. yeah a full-size novel for the time, really, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And when you think of it as, as having been serialized, I guess, why don't we talk about overall thoughts? What do you think of the novel? Deeply philosophical. Yes. You know, d- grabbing the, the heart of science fiction and fantasy and human existence and purpose of living. Mm-hmm. I have noticed that when I read things, I don't seem to pick up when things are supposed to be deliberately funny. Mm. Which worries me a little bit because I'm wondering if there's supposed to be some <laughs> kind of sarcasm or second story or other things going on in in, in this that I didn't pick up on. Maybe <laughs> like when I read uh, hmm. when I read The Martian, I think it's hilarious because there's all this sarcasm stuff in it all the time. Sure. When right. you watch the movie, it is uh, pretty obvious that he's deeply moved and scared and mm-hmm. other kinds of things that I didn't catch in the book. And so I'm wondering, you know, if there's right. Hmm. Hmm. Something wrong with me or something. I mean, The Martian is broadly funny, right? Where where this book, I don't right. feel like, has a lot of humor in it. Yeah. Uh, what okay. do you think, James? Yeah. <laughs> About the humor part? <laughs> About the book. About the book. <laughs> eh, it, was, it was a three whiskey book. Okay. <laughs> That's quite a bit of whiskey for 200 pages. Yeah, it made, it made it go by fast, though. Okay. Through all, what, the, slog- was through, it a, through all the sloggy parts. Right. Was it a single <laughs> sitting book? No. Okay. I read it in about two sittings. Okay. Yeah. I read it just a little bit at a time, and, and I feel like it's short but felt longer. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> um, and, I mean, it's it, like it's a book that, like you said, is, is has some philosophical depth to it, but it's a little clunky. Like, like, right. like he had so many ideas that he wanted to get into this one brief little book that it kind of makes it not flow very well. That it was, was like an interesting premise that went in too many directions. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because like like I've read a book like The Diamond Age by Neil Stevenson, where where he's like, he sets out in that book and is like, what are all the implications of nanotechnology? And he spills them all out onto the page and somehow <laughs> manages to make it an interesting book. This one, it's like, what are all the right. implications of technological immortality? That's different than like the singularity. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so he he's got so many things that he wants to do with it that like. He gives short shrift to some of the more obvious questions. I have one in particular that I mentioned to you, uh-huh. um, which we will get to. But so the action of the book, the the main character is driving along a road and gets into a car crash, and then he wakes up 150 years later. Yep, right. in a different body, um, in a like a muscular, more yep, not athletic, but like a beefier, Shorter, body. stockier, beefier body. Yeah. yeah, and he finds out that he was snatched from the past, and his mind was loaded into somebody else's body. Right. And then what happens? <laughs> you guys tell me. <laughs> A series of unfortunate events. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Let me snick it. <laughs> it. It's a little, it's a little muddy. That's he, what, that's where the clunky part comes in. Yeah. <laughs> His, um, he's supposed to be advertising a new product to show that this could, right. be, that this is possible, that they're going to do this, right. that, you know, at the, you could pull someone at the time of death from the past into the now mm-hmm. uh, for, for whatever reason. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's supposed to be a really popular thing. And then the company decides, nah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And so they just kind of turn him loose and he goes out and then uh, the, the body they put him in was a, a donor body, mm-hmm. you know, in the movie that's called free Jack. Right. Very, very, very different setup, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's this whole series of adventures about they want him. Um, right. They're and trying think, to get him back. Yeah. Right. Th- I think there's a Sheckley theme which pops up, which is the lady executive who ends up being kind of his antagonist ends up becoming his lover and they try and right. escape together. Mm-hmm. And uh, that also happened in Prize of Peril. Yep. Yeah. Uh, not so much in the seventh, tenth victim. Yeah. I mean, you know, she she got her man in the end for that one for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, different yes. context, yeah, definitely. 
Right. And this one, you know, he obviously he's confused by the future. Right. Right. The, right. The you needed him to be from far in the past in order for Sheckley to explain what the future looks like. I mean that like like that's he's the fish out of water character, and he's very mm-hmm. much a fish out of water because he doesn't know anything about how people dress, how people act, right, right, and how to make money, you know, how to survive, yeah. Yeah. and and so he ends up joining up with the hunt, which is which is one of the the outworkings of the the voluntary suicide right. things right. where you can be like, okay, I'm I'm ready to to leave and head for the hereafter, but I want to have one thrill. But I want glorious I battle. I want to go um, out in a blaze of glory. Exactly. Yes. I, want to, I want to go out, out in a very Klingon way, right? Exactly. Yes. Um, and so the, that, that hunt is bizarre because like everybody's hunting him with melee weapons, melee mm. weapons, right? And where his is like a rifle with a bayonet fixed, but evidently no bullets. <laughs> right. That's obviously, he's like, why don't you shoot the guy? But I guess yeah. not. Yeah. No bullets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I guess... I'm feeling a little muddled on this one, but part of it is I feel like the the concepts in the book are interesting. The plot is not quite as interesting. It's not very tight and pulled together. Yeah, because I, whole- I think they probably could have stuck with one of the uh, premises and then be good with it. Yeah, yeah. Like the brain thing would have been perfect. You didn't need to get into all the hereafter nonsense or yeah. the spiritual switchboard and yeah. yada yada yada. I mean, all those bits were interesting, right? Where where he goes to attend a, a reincarnation. Right. Right, where somebody right. is like, I'm old. I don't want to go to the hereafter, so I'm going to transfer my consciousness into another body, right? Which was like a volunteer body, right? More or less. Um, and the thing completely screws up, yep. and somebody else jumps into that body, <laughs> and then you get introduced to the whole. It didn't quite happen properly, and so now this guy's a right. zombie, zombie, yeah. right? Where where the the body will continue to decay, mm-hmm. just at a arrested rate, somewhat, I guess, and you know the brain will right. eventually die, and. That was a whole interesting thing, like the whole, like the, mm-hmm. the subterranean uh, zombie society, like from Beauty and the Beast with uh, Linda Hamilton in the 80s. Yeah, and Ron Perlman. <laughs> yeah. and, um, I don't remember the other guy's name, the guy who played father. father. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that was, that was an interesting uh, idea. Hmm. And it, it, it's touched on in the book. But I'm like, yeah. I want a whole book about the, the yeah. zombie people. Yeah. And well, and the whole idea that you, that there is an afterlife, but only a certain fraction of the people can get to it. Yes. But you can buy your way there by going through these certain treatments. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> or, or a lifetime of mental disciplines. Right. Yes. Yeah. And that, that was great. Like that was my favorite part of the book was, was just kind of talking about the discovery of the hereafter is available. Right. It's available to right. everybody. And everybody was like, woohoo, let's party like it's 1999. Yep. And and they start going around and killing and people and wasn't getting crap. tortured to death because <laughs> they want to experience as many things in their body before they die. And then they find out, oh, yeah, by the way, only 1% of people <laughs> actually make it. <laughs> I like the whole um, mind-body dichotomy. So he's put into this mm-hmm. other body and it's it's a quite a bit more robust body than he had. Yeah. And he thinks that its its aggressive tendencies are affecting him, affecting him. Right. And it turns out he's completely wrong. He's completely wrong. Right. Yeah. Yes. They were all there in himself in the end. Mm-hmm. He's just projecting. <laughs> yeah. How was that? like he he met somebody who knew his former host, right? The zombie. No, no, it no, was no. the former no. the host's wife. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, that, that wasn't the way. Because right. because they end up sleeping together. Yep. And he's super yeah. rough with her or something. Right. Yeah. And and she's like, Nope, that that was not the way. That's he was. not how we did that. Yeah. 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 It's funny now that we're talking about the different aspects this book takes on. I wonder it makes me wonder how it was serialized. Yeah. If like each drop talked about each of these different things. That's a good point. So maybe it wasn't so weird in the serialization, but putting it all together in a novel just makes it all seem kind of disjointed. Yeah. Or maybe those things were added during the novelization, because I'm sure it went through some kind of editing step. Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. but I, th- I think in a kind of serial format, you don't have to be as consistent in what you're saying necessarily, in the, in the plot anyway. Because each story is its own story, right? Yeah. Each story has its own plot, no, but it's no. still got the same character going through the whole thing. No, no, no. It, initially, for the larger pieces like the novellas and the novels that were mm-hmm. serialized, they literally took it into pieces. Every, every piece was not standalone. This was not. So you're three saying short it was stories. something that was written at once and then spread out re- or released in a serialized fashion? Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing varies. They're, they're, yeah, I'm well, sure that, that's what I'm saying. I'm wondering how they did this particular book or whatever. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, this yeah, was I this know. was a popular right. way to publish a science fiction novel in the 50s, yeah. right? Because because you couldn't just go to Random House right. and say, I'd like to publish a science fiction book. Yeah. They, I, I guess my, my point is the reason why, I guess one of the reasons why it might be so dis- disjointed to us is that it was released in a serial fashion. So each part had its own plot in the little story, even though there was a 
you know, a thread that took them all together yeah. with uh-huh. the same guy, but being yeah. being really serial like that, you could make him, you could give him different stories to experience, uh, you know, week by week or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that was usually the case because, like, we we did the Body Snatchers, right? That was originally serialized too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it would just be like, you know, tune in, or buy the next magazine right, for right. the exciting conclusion. Right. So my think is thinking is that they would release these novellas and novels mm-hmm. serialized, and if there was enough listener, listener, reader feedback, then they knew it was likely to be a good novel. Yeah, and they could well, sell fair. it, make yeah. make buck on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining it's separate. Yeah. Deals for that, right? Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe in some cases, maybe in some cases not. Um, well, maybe they're just filler episodes like in Star Trek. <laughs> right. <laughs> B-, B plot is really not working. <laughs> yes. Um, because, so in reading the novel, when the zombie or- originally shows up, I thought, okay, well, this this is um, like the guy whose body he took. That's, oh, that's who I figured it had to be. Yeah. Um, not the and, person that he ends up killing by accident in the car. Right. Right. And that's, that's sort of the, the twist of it, um, that he, right. he finds out who it is. And, you know, it introduces the concept of, you can go to the spiritual switchboard where I guess <laughs> disembodied minds know to come to communicate with people. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's, it's like you can get on an audio chat. It's, it's like, it's like love line or whatever, <laughs> you know, we're used to you, chat lines. Right. Did you ever chat watch Max lines. Headroom? No, actually not. Okay. There's an episode of Max Headroom that talks about that very thing hmm. where your your loved one's consciousness can be captured and put into, you know, a computer essentially, mm-hmm. but then you have to pay to keep them up to date. And oh. <laughs> uh, the more you pay, then the more processing power they get. And when when they lose that, apparently the effects are just horrible. It's like, mm. oh, it's so slow. Yeah. <laughs> Black Mirror has an episode that's kind of like that as well, where, where really? like it it combs over all of your social media in order to con- construct your loved one's mm-hmm. personality. And then mm-hmm. you can communicate with it. And then if you, if you buy the extra, extra super plus premium package, they will yeah. put him into a body that looks like him. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I think I remember. Yeah. Episode. Yeah. But it's also like that show. Uh, up, is it uploaded or upload? Yeah. Upload. Yeah. 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 But those are, those are all technological singularity mm-hmm. kind of things, right? Where it, Assuming you can transfer your consciousness into a machine, which mm-hmm. I don't buy, but. Well, I mean, that's essentially what they're doing here. Wow. Wow, okay, maybe not. No, it goes from maybe body, not body, 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 right, body right, into right. cloud. Yeah, the, the only yeah. person who could ever tell you if it really worked and it was really you would be you. Right. right. Any, anybody else who, who transferred into a new body, they would mm-hmm. think they were themselves. But right. w- there's no way you would be able to know yeah. that it was really them. Yeah. This is like the precursor then to upload. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like in the prestige, right? How did, how, which, one, mm-hmm. which one is the prestige and which one is the, the, the copy? Right. Both of them think they are. Yeah. That's also one of the uh, beginning premises in Old Man's War. Yes. Right. And, and in that that one, it, you know, and I was going to talk about that, right? There's been a lot of ink spilled over, like, transferring your consciousness into a new body. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Picard did it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. In the first season, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Altered Carbon, where where you, you have a, a stack of some kind of alien technology that contains your mind and personality when your shell or when your sleeve dies, then you just put it into a new one and there you still are. Or like in the sixth day from Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? You, you take your, the the sync cording, it it maps your mind and then you have a clone body that you can transfer that into that thinks it's you, but really isn't. Wow. For the emperor. No. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, yeah, there was, that was in star Wars legends and now in the Canon films. Yeah. Um, Avatar, right? Where at some point they're in this this right, fake body right. and they need to try to transfer the mind into it. Yeah, but that's almost like, you know, remote perception. Right, but at the, perception. End, at the end of the movie, just in case anybody hasn't seen Avatar, right? It's it's <laughs> we're we're going to leave the human body behind to transfer your mind into the right. Navian body. Yeah. Right? They try it with Sigourney Weaver and it doesn't work. No. She deflates like a pod person. Yeah. yeah. And then Old Man's War, of course, right? Where you're sitting there in the room across the room for you, from your new shiny new green body. Yep. And then all of a sudden you, you notice that you are looking out of the green eyes at your old body. Yeah. Uh, the, the Ender's Game series does a little bit with this when um, one of the characters in Xenocide goes outside of the universe and everything and creates himself a new body because he's disabled from something that happened in Speaker for the Dead. Really? Yeah. Okay. And he transfers himself into the new one and his old body just crumbles. Like uh, like he got snapped from Kronos, Kronos, not Kronos, Thanos, Thanos, Thanos. Yeah, 
<laughs> so yeah, very philosophical. Yes. With a lot of, you know, you could argue about how developed everything is in the plot, but there's yeah. a good character arc, maybe a couple of good character arcs. Yeah. Um, the, the ending part where he's body hopping to get out of the United States. That was bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I think was another thing, this whole idea about, you know, would you carry a backpacker with you as you go from place to place to place? Right. In order to- And to, how does any of that work? Yeah. Like, and he can't control it, right? He gets sucked down in, into a whirlpool right, in each right. in each of those bodies. And he's only in there yeah. for a few he's, minutes. He's just like an know, observer too. Long enough to have the guy on the chain gang take a, yeah. a pick to the, the security <laughs> right. guard's head. Yeah. Um, okay. So my, my one question that I have on this that Colin told me to say for the podcast. Okay. <laughs> it's the, okay. <laughs> the one question is, um, it, with the preamble here, they, they can move minds from one body to another. At what point did they figure out that they could get minds out of time? And how can they do that? Why can they do that? Why does the book, does the book explain in any way how they do it other than just asserting that they can do it? I don't think it explains it. No. No. Are yeah. you asking for like an ex- an, ex- uh, an explanation of how the warp drive works in Star Trek? <laughs> we well, just know that it folds space okay. magically. And the, the difference would be like the book is telling me that there's warp drive, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden there's wormholes, and they you know they they instant all of a sudden there's a spore drive with no explanation. Right. Right. Um, but there's nothing in the book that explains the spore drive. It just it just it says oh and also. We pulled your body out of the past, or we pulled your mind out of the past, not right, your body, right. crucially. Right. Right. But, like, and that was a proof of concept that they could do it. Right. right. That's the only, it, it just, I just feel like it buries the lead. It's like, I mean, we have some kind of time travel thing that we're doing here, and that's that's big news, and the book is not at all interested in explaining how it works. Why would you? Because it's illegal. It's just that's a why. big question <laughs> to, to me. Like, it's, it's oh. the main question. I'm like, but, but how? How did they do that? Like I'm willing to accept the mind transfer stuff. I'm just like, but but then, how are, are you wanting some like techno babble? I wanted something, something <laughs> in the book to say, um, and we're using you know this Dinglehopper to um, <laughs> to view the past. You know, it's it's it like it just it it's the Reese's peanut butter cup commercial where 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 the, you know you got chocolate in my peanut butter, you got peanut butter in my chocolate thing. Where like there's just this random thing thrown into one side. How'd they get the peanut butter inside the chocolate? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were going around a corner and they both like slammed their hands into each other by accident. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, 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 eating right. just peanut butter straight out of a. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, enough. Oh, yeah, me too. But but usually not while walking down the street or wearing headphones. That's why you don't get any Reese's piece and Reese's peanut butter cups. That's that's right there, buddy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying that like this book is just sort of a hash of a lot of different things and. Well, it kind of goes with the general theme we've been discussing for the last half hour. Is that yeah. It is kind of just a hash of, you know, general things slobbed together. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's almost like every time he needs to advance the plot, there's a new concept added to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you get to travel with that for a while and then you do another one and then right. yep. you get to the island where you're making boats and hoping yep. that your, yep. your beloved catch up with you before the zombie yeah. realize that you killed them. And You know, it's... it's okay, so I thought just occurred to me about that. Though. The way you said that, um, it's almost like... The world in which I forget the character's name, uh, Blaine. The world in which Blaine lives in is being revealed to us as is being revealed to him. Yeah. Oh, just like it would right? be. Yeah. 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 So like yeah, yeah. Maybe that's uh, why it seems as weird, I guess. So I'm being released because they don't need me anymore as a as a product placement right. thing anymore. <laughs> and but I'm being body hunted by someone else mm-hmm. who ends up being someone that helps him along because he's on the spiritual switchboard looking out for him. Right. Yeah. He got body hunted and gave up his body and. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> there's there's a thing in the book where like he's a yacht designer. Right. But he's a junior yacht designer and he seems to never be able to in, in any timeline right. uh, escape it's his that. destiny. Be- because of course he's in you know he's going from 1958 to what was it 2110 something like that. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. And you know he's a little out of date. Right. Um but but then he ends up in Marquesas, right? And, and Islands Where they somewhere. want 20th century yachts. Yes. Yeah, they, want, they want old school stuff, throwbacks. And so so he finds himself a junior yeah. yacht designer again. But he finds himself not being able to do that mm-hmm. kind of work. Right. Um, but there there was a thing early in the book that was a quote about how, you know, he's he's kind of a go-along guy. He's a, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah. I had meant to bring my nook with me because I had the note in the book in there and I don't think it syncs across devices. Do you want me to, I have one of your nook devices. Would that help? 
I don't, yeah, I don't know if it would uh, sync across multiple Nook devices or if, or if the notes stay with the one. They I know should sync. I would think they would sync. Well, then I can do it on my phone. Okay. You can add bookmarks, annotations. There it is. Yes. Nice. I found it. Good thing they sync across the, the devices. Yes. Um, <laughs> Good job, Barnes & Noble. Yeah. I mean, this is the very, very beginning of the book. He's like, I'm not, I'm just not the go-getter type of human. For me, dreams, reveries, visions, and plans are meant only for contemplation, never for execution. <laughs> I feel heard. Yes. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty much the way I feel most of the time. But no, you have some dreams. You've, you've out-continented uh, me in disc golf. True, true. I So kind of just going into random things at this point. I, I do want to talk about the end, because oh. it is kind of well, a nice... Speaking of random things, yeah. when you were talking about... Uh, Sinking annotations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reminding me of, but where is the file? <laughs> or what was that? The, uh, that story about oh. the chick who used to be on that team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were we were talking about like a SharePoint site or something, Microsoft <laughs> oh. SharePoint uh, site, and and we were hosting. You know, we we're putting our stuff up there so we could all collaborate. Mm-hmm. And she just would not let it go. Where physically are those files <laughs> over there? Right there, and we're like, I mean, do you understand? I mean, this is this is sort of pre-cloud, right? right? But but it's still not it, far from it. It's, it's on a corporate network it. someplace. Yeah. It's on, it, it, like like she couldn't go past shared drive, mm-hmm. which shared drive would, would probably like a network share, right? Was was probably too much for her to, to get, but well, <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. And we're we're all just looking at her like, what the hell? <laughs> I remember that running session. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I remember hearing this story. It's just like <laughs> cracked me up. Yeah. And so when you mentioned the syncing of annotations, I'm like, but where's the annotation? Right. Where yeah. is it at? Where is it physically located? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that's that's the way I feel about the time travel part of this. And then there's Zoolander in the computer. The files right. are in the computer. <laughs> <laughs> or the IT crowd. This gen is the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. So the uh, end. Anyway. The end of the book. You know, it has kind of a nice moment where you know he's kind of living happily ever after, and then the zombie guy finally comes and finds him, and says, "Do you know who I am?" And he, and they the figure out this is the guy who is driving the other car right. that he crashed into, and then you find out that of course it was all orchestrated. Right? They made him crash the car, right? Um, so they could steal his mind. Not quite. No. Yeah. Was- Don't you remember the the real twist ending? Right. That's right. Yep. Yep. So the that zombie guy is there to help him understand who he truly is because right. in the in the end they caught they they damage his car but he in the end he gets control and he drives it into the guy on purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that kind of hints back and that's built up through the book about the discovering the brutality in him himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so it, his, the brutality him being a hunter, him being sexually violent with his, you mm-hmm. know, pre Previous ex, not mine wife. Yeah. Right. Um, that was all him. Had nothing yeah. to do with the that's, body that he was in. That's pretty well crafted when I think about it. You know, I kind of kind of admire that now, now that you mentioned it. And I had forgotten it until you brought it back up. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, if I were to say, man, maybe I should go back and read it. Yeah, I think it's 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 in four parts. I would bet I would bet anything that that is the true story in the novelized one. And a lot of these other concepts that we're talking about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are, are pasted on. Because as he thought about them saying, oh, now we could talk about this and we could work that in and we could do yeah. that. <laughs> when, when you think about it that way, it's like his journey through purgatory. Or like, Did you ever read The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis? No. Okay. Bus ride to to heaven. Oh. Um, but mm. but you you can't go there until you shake off some things, um, and and it's surprising like the the little things that keep people from moving on. Right. Um, and so the, the, it's an exercise I, in Blaine's self realization. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, or like the good place has some of this right. too, where where at the end you can you you can decide to to move on from eternity and and become nothing. Essentially, it's it's very sort of Buddhist. Oh. Um, Toward the end, because because eternity is terrifying, and I'm, <laughs> right. I'm not going to lie, kind of is, but, um, <laughs> because our brains aren't wired to understand it. But um, but yeah, it's like his his journey to understand. Okay, this is who I am at a per- as a person, and have my moment of redemption redemption by giving my body up to this guy who didn't have to die for any reason. So, so it was kind of a nice ending. Yeah, after he found out that his girlfriend kind of betrayed him a little bit, but also turned out that yeah. no, I kind of wanted to crash. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yep. and that's immortality inc i, I yep. did like so he first gets to 2110 and he starts thinking about well anything could happen in 150 years and he's like perhaps a new and a horrible disease has marched unchecked across the land or possibly the earth <laughs> <laughs> yep thank you mr sheckley yep 
Or, or this one. Um, he remembered magazine articles and stories he had read. Today, there might be free atomic power, undersea farming, world peace, international birth control, <laughs> interplanetary travel, free love, complete desegregation, a cure for all diseases, and a planned society in which men breathed deep the air of freedom. And I was like, Straight what is point. international birth control? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I guess that's birth control in the developing world. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say that Sheckley meant like, the rights of women being supported all around the world. Right. Maybe. Yeah. We don't even have that today. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that he was, he was thinking complete desegregation would be a good thing. It was 1958. That wasn't necessarily mainstream thought, mm -hmm. but. Yes. Segregation, bad. Yes. Segregation, bad. <laughs> this podcast agrees. Official position of this podcast, yeah. segregation is bad. Do we have any other official positions? <laughs> uh, pie. No. Dang it. COVID is real. COVID, COVID is, is real. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Putin is bad. Mm-hmm. Trump, Trump lost. lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. We just lost half our listeners right there. <laughs> I, did I tell you about, I, I did tell you about the guy standing on the corner yeah. of Brookwood and TV Highway with the Trump one sign. I'm like, dude. <laughs> and you waved your own sign. Trump one, Biden two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, then they made a movie. Adapted, loosely adapted from it, called right. Free Jack in 1992. Yeah. I would have said inspired by it, but they didn't. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> inspired, I think, is a much closer word. Yeah. The, let's, let's, let's get to that in a minute. The, the other thing I wanted to, to pull on a little bit is the, the notion of how free- That's what she said. <laughs> He's never going to let me get through this. I'm just going to plow, plow ahead. No, that's what he that's said. What she... um, <sighs> See, you guys do this so often that you can now bend anything that way, and you'll never well, I, get him out of this now. I know, I know. It's, <laughs> no, you, can, you cannot stop it, James. You can only hope to contain it. <laughs> right. How free is immortality? Right. Because it's been corporatized right. in, in this book. Yep, the capitalists took over. Yeah, the capitalists yep, yeah. took over. And it, and it talks about this, right? Given the surety of an afterlife, man wanted to improve upon it to enjoy a better heaven than anyone else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Equality was all very well, but individual initiative came first. Because, you know, like you said, right, 1% right. of people kind of by their nature or, or the, the discipline of their mind can survive death. And then everybody else has to either really concentrate on it for 30 years, mm -hmm. you know, of living in a monastery or something, right. or they can go and get a couple shots it. Um, and get a big brain scan that maps everything and puts them in a server someplace, right. I guess. But yeah, and that's all supposed to. Can't prove it, <laughs> right? Right. Well, like when he eventually goes in to get his treatment, right? He mm -hmm. finds out from uh, whatever her name is. I don't think I even wrote down her name, Marie Marie Thorne. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, she says, you know, you went and did your brain mapping thing, and now they're going to put a hit out on you to because it's legal because yep. you're protected. You have insurance. Right. You've got uh, hereafter insurance, but it's kind of like uh, having a redundant recording setup <laughs> for a podcast. <laughs> Um, we didn't do that today. We better get it right the first time. Yeah, we better. No. So, I don't know. Is anything else to say on that, or I can, I can let that go. It, we, maybe we can talk about it in the context of the movie. Yeah, I guess in a certain way, it, it makes you wonder whether or not the idea of the immortality is at all real. Yeah, M maybe. Yeah, maybe the mind transference part is real, but maybe the immortality part is just all faked. Yeah, you know. So they're uh, they're they're ginning up the spiritual network thing and right you know the person only thinks that they're a zombie and so they're following you mm -hmm. around as their body decays and mm -hmm. yeah that's, that's the thing right is they, they can't prove it and he, they even said in the story that it was suspect but enough people bought off on it that sure we can sell this now because people believe it whether or not it's real yeah <laughs> yeah uh like selling yeah. shield house when voldemort came back exactly <laughs> so it's an interesting weird Random smoothie of a book. Um, yeah. <laughs> potpourri. <laughs> Casserole. Yeah. Casserole. There we go. Yeah. Just throw everything in there. Also, I do have kind of a better appreciation for it now after talking through it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I find that so many times on, on the Hugo show where, yeah. where there's sometimes where I'm like, yeah, that book didn't totally work for me. And then I have a conversation about it and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. There are things I missed. Yeah. So they definitely were in this one. Um, but I did not miss the movie. I saw it in the theater, as yes. I said, in 1992. <laughs> and... I'm you know, sorry. I've never watched it since for some reason. Um, <laughs> Can't imagine why. I, I, I remember thinking that was a terrible movie. <laughs> it's honestly probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in the theater. Wow. Um, I don't know what the tomato meter on this one, but it's low. 4%? 22%. 22%. 
I'm not a crook. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I saw you doing. Exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, human hand gestures uh, are are not, not, there aren't a lot of them we can make. Right. And they're often appropriated. Where when right. I grew up, making the okay symbol right. was used prolifer. Uh, everybody did it. Yes. You know, how are you doing? Hey, okay. Okay, right? Yep. You can't do that now. Within the last 10 years, that has been appropriated <laughs> by the white nationalists, and that now means white pride. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Yeah. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. This was V for victory. Right. Turn it's, it around, and you're flipping somebody off. In it's the, the number two. <laughs> yeah. It is also the midwife symbol. Oh, so I could have just told you double midwife <laughs> instead of twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, when we were talking with uh, with Phil, he he, I can't remember if it was on my podcast or if it was if it was on the on Take Me to Reader when we were talking about Rama. I remember him saying, you know, raising a finger or two <laughs> because he was he was oh. being very inclusive of the American and the the UK <laughs> versions of flipping people off. Right, right. So. That's flipping people off in written? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get out. Oh, yeah. Australia yeah, we, we do it with just the one finger. Uh, yeah, Australia. Too. We're, we're, more, we're more efficient. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, the, the British are more inclusive. You and your mom, you know. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Sorry, your mom. Mom. Your you mom. and your mom. <laughs> right. Uh, Free Jack, yes. 1992. Hmm. Uh, we mentioned Emilio Wesson. We mentioned the cast before. It's directed by the guy who was the second unit director on the Lord of the Rings films. Really? I was going to look up his name. Yeah. Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> Jeff Murphy. Jeff Murphy. He was also the director of Young Guns 2. <laughs> oh. And Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and actually, I do want to look up, I can't remember what the name of the um, the movie was. Oh, Never Say Die. It's it's like a action movie spoof with Tamara Morrison in it from, <laughs> I don't know, from the 80s? 1988. Wow. So, yeah. But yeah, not a super well-known director. Uh, but lots right. of he's done lots of second unit stuff. Uh, he's from New Zealand, so that yeah. makes sense, right? Lo- local guy. So what does get a him second do. unit director do? Uh, there's, I'm not exactly sure, but it's oh, okay. it's like you know we're we're the main thing we're doing today is this, but we need mm-hmm. a second unit director to go down and you know to to film something else. Direct that second unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Right? <laughs> Multitasking. <laughs> Uh, multi-threading. There we go. It's a multi yeah, fetch a process go. out into that. <laughs> <laughs> Multi-threaded processing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I've already said, I don't think this is a very good movie. No. <laughs> it, it takes some of the core. Right. It takes one of the core. Kind of reminds you of, well. It's mm, it's reminiscent of a few of things in the book. Kind of smelled like. Yeah. I, w- I was trying to think of all the points that it took from the book. And one of them is grabbing somebody from the past. But they grab him bottom. But they grabbed the, was, More like, yeah, they grabbed him. <laughs> More like Millennium. More like Millennium. Yeah. Right. Right before he dies, we're going to grab him and use him in mm-hmm. the future. Right. Because we want his body to transfer a brain into. Mm-hmm. The spiritual switchboard is still in play where where after you die. Of course, right. the, the spiritual switchboard, they call it the the waiting room, right? Where, right? where like minds that have moved into the, out of their body, but are not ready to go into the hereafter, they can hang out for a certain amount of time. Did they mention the hereafter in the movie? Okay. No, okay. no, there, there, there's none sure of the, on that. Yeah, yeah. okay. No, no, you go into the spiritual network, right? Uh, the spiritual switchboard, and you have to, you can only be there so long until your brain evaporates. Right. 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 And then, then you can move into a new body. Yep. Yep. And yeah, I mean, it has one of the more obvious twists in all of cinema history. <laughs> um, yeah, it was so obvious. I picked right. it up in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't remember if I picked it up back in the day. Um, it, it, to, to the movie's credit, the end is like one twist after another, and it's kind of fun in that way. It's a very 80s-looking 90s movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, lots of matte paintings and, and some pretty right. bad green screen, and some, some kind of fun in-camera blaster effects. Yeah. Well, and the lawnmower man. <laughs> and yeah, definitely, there's a point where you're, you're going through the, uh, yep. the, the tubes in contact. Right. right. Yeah. Through the wormhole. As you're heading into Anthony Hopkins' mind. Yes. Was there anything else that was taken? Oh, his death is caused in a vehicle accident. There was a car involved. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'm almost positive that if you wheel kissed another another indie car that way, that you would not be flipped 20 feet into the air into an overpass. <laughs> I, I think you underestimate uh, stuff. Sufficiently advanced car crashes are indistinguishable from magic. Oh, is that <laughs> what it is? <laughs> nice. Yeah. It works because it says it right here in the script. Sufficiently advanced podcasts during the single magic. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about Mick Jagger. Um, 
<laughs> I think he was one of the highlights of the movie. He absolutely is one of the highlights like of the Jagger. movie. Playing Mick Jagger <laughs> as Mick Jagger. <laughs> what was his name? Uh, Vasenek? Or... Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's, it's, it's sort of like vaguely Russian. Vasendek-ish. Vasendek. Vasendek. He completely connect, com- commits to playing Mick Jagger. <laughs> really enunciates everything. You know, got to get those lips out <laughs> oh, of the yeah. way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry Hall makes a cameo appearance as a journalist. Yeah, his, his wife, wife, Jerry Hall. Time. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the the other highlight for me was um, David Johansson as Brad, but he gets killed off like a third right. of the way through the movie. His, his manager guy. Oh yeah, right? he was hamming it up. He was a lot of fun. And oh yeah, yeah. And then he got greased. He so. was better as a taxi driver in Scrooge. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. Oh, and the nun. The nun was a lot of fun. The nun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what was the thing? It's like Shotgun. Jesus said just to turn the other cheek, but he didn't have to deal with dickheads like you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not talking about Philip K. Dick fans. No, 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 no. Um, uh, Agent Johnson from Die Hard was yep. also in this one. Uh, yep. Interesting thing here is they wanted to have the continuity of the relationship thing, so they couldn't go very far into the future. And so they go from 1992 to 2009, right. the far right. future of 2009. Way in the future. Where we have a dystopian hellscape in yeah. New York. Yes. Well, yeah, that was like at the beginning. We were like, wait, Rene Russo's his girlfriend? That- Wait, no, that can't be right. Yeah, yeah. And then we're like, like, oh, geez, five minutes. they're going to ruin this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, that is not the original movie that was made. They reshot 40% of it to get where we got. Oof. What? I'm very curious. Is that good or the original movie like? I would be, yeah. Because I'd it definitely adds that. car chases. And wow. these these are not your your father's Jerry Bruckheimer, Jerry Bruckheimer or... Michael, Michael Bay, Bay, say what you want yes. about him, but they are slick, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, these these are not amazing. No. There, there's a couple decent yeah. ones. But. Yeah. I mean, it's all practical effects with, with ginned up fake looking future cars. Mm-hmm. Um, with the derby cars. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, and, and you know, to, to the guy's credit, I mean, he is a race car driver. He's used to doing that kind of a super aggressive driving. Maybe sure. he could pull right. it off given what he was driving. Yeah. Um, the... I think the main problem with this movie is Emilio Estevez. Like he, he <laughs> I think the main problem is the script. Well, that too. But but yeah. like, if you had had a really really compelling non sort of blank blah actor. character actor <laughs> yeah. in there, yeah, um, some somebody who's just a little more dynamic. I mean, he's a lot of fun in Young Guns, right? Pl- playing yeah. that character, hamming it up, it's great. You, you don't expect a lot of gravitas from him right. in that movie. It's just it's just kind of fun and. Brutal in, in places, right? He's shooting yeah. people in the face. Um, Make you famous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where where here, it's just like, he's not not quite up to, like, I feel like on all the scenes with him and Mick Jagger, I'm like, when Mick Jagger is acting circles around you, yeah, yeah, you got a problem. Now, to be fair, we don't know if Mick was, was acting well or not, or if he was just being Mick Jagger, or if he was doing something. I mean, but yeah, he was but compelling. He had the, the yeah. gravitas. Yeah. Was, Get yeah. the meat. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Well, or the, or the he whole had, he had the screen presence that he had Emilio literal did not screen have. presence in, in the car. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. the laptop <laughs> keeps popping up. Yeah, popping up. <laughs> it was it was seriously funny shot. in several places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there was some good action in some places. Yeah, uh, in other places it fell completely apart. Like yeah, uh, yeah. in in the beginning, uh, Emilio Estevez's body is supposed to be back so they can put a new mind into his body. Yes. Right. But he ends up waking up on the OR and, and having his consciousness in his mind. Right. And they don't want that. So they say, use the lobotomizer. Right. And they, they take this machine with a little whirly wire and they're pushing at him. And I'm thinking, if they damage that brain, the right. next <laughs> occupant is just not going <laughs> to be happy. But not then it work. has these electrical explosions, which lobotomize everybody else he points it at. And right. I'm like, yeah. what's the operative end? And yeah. why was it pointed at him? <laughs> right. <laughs> if you could do it from across the room, why did you have to stick the thing up his nose? That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. well yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and like i said you know there's there's sort of several twists at the end where you find out that anthony hopkins has been dead the whole movie right mm-hmm. um no no we found that out in the first 10 minutes i'm sorry i spoiled <laughs> the movie the movie doesn't reveal it <laughs> until the end and jonathan banks is like we're just gonna let him expire <laughs> um and and i take over doesn't the, explicitly the reveal that. right <laughs> right but yeah. i i do kind of like the whole uh Vicendic is that, is that the name? They were, they were, yeah. They weren't well mic'd in several places, and I thought they said his name was Maurice Sendak. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so I, I apologize to the author. His name is Victor. Um, but, but, you know, I like the, at some point, he's just kind of like, I'm, I'm sort of rooting for this guy now. 
<laughs> right. Um, and, I mean, right? right? Because that that's that's what you kind of get through the movie. And then they, they come, they have their Pretty much, Valjean yeah. and Javert moment where it's like, you spared my life. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll give you five minutes. And that's that's sort of a reference to in the book when he right. uh, when he initially gets his hereafter insurance and then the hunters come after him and it's his buddy, Sammy. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah I mean, I'll, okay, I'll give you a head I'll start. I'll give you a head start. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, like that sort of grudging respect that happens. And then, then, you know, right at the end, he's like, yeah, I knew, I knew it wasn't really uh, the candles. <laughs> I knew, I knew it was you and I knew you'd slip up. You got to coach him better. Yeah. He can't drive. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, not, not without some entertainment value, but, uh, overall, like it would have made a decent Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So quick comparison. Uh-huh. What do you like better? This movie or Paycheck? Oof. That's a good question. I feel like Paycheck is longer. Um, <laughs> and it's John yeah. Woo, you know, and I just, I don't have any patience for John Woo. And I, I know a lot of people really <laughs> like his stuff. And maybe if I saw some of his Hong Kong stuff, I'd like it. But um, hmm. I'm having a hard time remembering Paycheck right now. <laughs> not a good sign. No, yeah. it's not. You're either getting older or it wasn't that good. Well, that's that's how we do I'm it. I'm leaning right? towards you, it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> you're just in the movie, right? You do the project and then they delete your memory. Right. And yep, pretty much. That's yeah, how exactly. it works. <laughs> and you wish that had happened with the movie. <laughs> I think I'd probably go that paycheck. That they could write over. Yeah. <laughs> I like I I I do not anticipate ever watching Free Jack again. I don't really anticipate watching Paycheck, but if you made me do one of them, I'd probably put Paycheck on. Hmm. Yeah. I mean Paycheck has that kind of cool progressive revelation of the mm-hmm. the understanding of what was in his pockets and everything. Yeah. Yeah. This, A little mystery to it. This really has nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is too bad. I mean, I w- I wish we had been able to and and maybe somebody out there knows that the tapes really weren't deleted and there exists a bootleg copy of <laughs> Time Killers or whatever they would have titled it on uh, Out of This World. And they've been on the run since 1969. Right. <laughs> Same, one step ahead of the man. Actually, maybe what they did is they took the person and put him in Alcatraz. And then mm. he ends up escaping and being the only person that can help people break back in because a rogue group of the American military is holding San Francisco hostage. Right. That was Why don't you cut the chit chat a hole? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't do a very good Nick Cage. Nick Cage. That was that was the plot to The Rock. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, much better movie. Much better movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Carla was the prom queen. <laughs> that, that movie rules. <laughs> Losers always whine about their best. Um, okay, so the next question is: mm-hmm. If we're going to pan the movie this strongly, mm-hmm. what do you do to fix it or change it or make it better? Mm-hmm. Would would the philosophical movie work? In the mm. 1990s or in today, or what what topics would you take from the original b- book and adapt into a thing that people right. would watch today? Yeah, there's lots of reboots and re- remakes happening these days. You could yeah. you could definitely mine this. Sure, I mean we could make the 12th victim, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it would be the 13th. We add three every time. Add, uh, mm, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could be slowing down though. I never know. <laughs> could be. Yeah, I'm not sure how to fix this one. <laughs> You know the the whole like I said the the whole zombie thing and like the imperfect transfers was mm-hmm. was interesting and and the philosophical part of it like why do some people choose to not go to the hereafter and instead opt for the reincarnation thing why why would you do that and and it's because we're afraid of the unknown yeah I, I think the part about uh, m- character versus body yeah. I think that'd be a great thing to try and adapt. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm only doing these things because this body you put me in, and it turns out, no, you were this way all along, and you just never knew it. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's easier to write in a book, right? Without without some kind of, you know, narration or something. Now, you could have them bounce off somebody. Yeah. But then then, you, then you're stuck in the, the case where you need to have a really good friend for him. And so may, maybe you redo this, you 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 have the whole part with the hunt, you know, where he's trying to figure out, because the main thing that the movie did wrong to me is like not set it very far in the future in order to have the not love far enough angle, yeah. right? And, and so none of, none of the climax of the movie works without that, of course, right? Because you had to have Anthony Hopkins be like, I mean, I was in love with you and I thought if I could get your, your right. old flame's body, then <laughs> things would really work out between us. And you're like, dude. Seriously. Totally <laughs> messed up from the get-go. The but things but men believable. Will do. Uh, yes. Yeah. The things that men will do to get with a, a pretty lady. <laughs> yeah. That's very believable. Yeah. Um, but you can't do that if you're putting them 150 years in the future. Right. right. What if? What if? You bring somebody's mind forward from the future, you put him in a body, then you don't want him because the product isn't going to work, and he becomes homeless. And then he gets kidnapped by a group of rich people that are going to hunt him. 
<laughs> but because of his new body, he's able to kill them all, including the blonde guy with the crossbow at the very end. <laughs> is, is that uh, surviving the game? <laughs> <laughs> one of these times. Ice tea? Yeah, so one of these times yep. we do need to do, I, I, and I'm putting it out there. We, we should do this in the near term. We need to cover the most dangerous game and at least one of the adaptations of it, plus the spiritual adaptations of it, surviving the game and hard target. Ooh, Ooh. hard target. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, so we're covered right now up through April. Yeah. And then in May, we wanted to do new Firestarter. Yep. So okay. there's also the Japanese okay. movie, uh, oh. the door into summer. So yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's also night books, which we haven't done. Maybe we should do that one for Halloween this year. Maybe. Although I've, I've, I guess I've been operating under the assumption that we would do something like, uh, something wicked this way comes. Although yeah. we've already had Phil on this year, so we're good. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I like talking to Phil. Yeah, I wish I did it more often. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we did have uh, Alex reach out to us over the contact form and thanked us. He said, appreciate your podcast. There have been many, many, no, sorry. There have been a few man- manufacturing lines that have been built while listening to your show. It makes the long <laughs> hours eventful. So thank you, Alex. Appreciate that. But he also yeah. asked if we had would consider covering Annihilation. Which it's a novel. It's it's it would be an interesting case for adaptation because Alex Garland, who adapted it, basically mm-hmm. said, "I didn't want to adapt the plot of the book. I wanted to adapt the way the book made me feel." Oh, and it oh, feels like the book, but yeah. the things that happen in it are vastly well, not to spoil anything. Yeah, I haven't I haven't read it yet. Um, so oh. so Alex, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely consider it. Um, right now, we're trying to make it easier on me while I. Finish up. Don't worry, we're almost out of Hugo books. (laughs) Just another year. (laughs) Is it a whole year? I think I think it's like next May that that I should catch up. Okay. So yeah, I only have five left that are unclaimed. That's crazy. So what fun you've had doing that. It it has been fun. Yeah, it's been good. (laughs) And uh, I I had a killer podcast with Phil for the last one we did, and it's mm -hmm. it's been released, so I feel free to talk about it. Yeah. Um when when we had him on our show to talk about uh adapting adapting Rendezvous with Rama, he had mentioned that there was a book mentioned by Mike Resnick uh, called All Judgment Fled, which was Rama Done Right. Right. So in our (laughs) podcast, we read it and reviewed it and talked about it. Yeah. And um, we've actually heard from some British science fiction people and went on a little exploration of the definition of the Europa Award Mm. and when Wikipedia is right and when Wikipedia is wrong. (laughs) And um, You do love to edit Wikipedia. I do love to edit me some (laughs) Wikipedia. I noticed that the the plot summary for Immortality Inc. is pretty lacking, so I might go in there and and add a little bit, although Mm. I'm a little scattered on what happened in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like we said, there's so many things. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it turns out that Marie Thorne ends up being a pretty significant part of it. You know, in yeah. in the previous works that we've read, and I don't remember chronologically where they fall. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lady Ingenue tends to be a throwaway character. Yeah. she's she's an integral part. Comes yeah. in at the beginning, becomes mm-hmm. his lover. They work together through it, and then they end together. And yeah, I mean, she is kind of there to be the love interest. So it's it's not exactly what you would necessarily want for your female characters. Not today's standard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we will be doing other things, but for for to complete the trishecta, we're going to talk about the game of X, which is uh, I think a novella because on my on my nook it says 110 pages. Wow! And so that's oh, nice. less than that is about half the length of Immortality Inc. The X um, Games, but it was evidently sort of sort of tangentially <laughs> adapted into Condor Man, which is this fantastic, <laughs> super cheesy spy spoof starring Michael Crawford, who was the original Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. Wow. <laughs> um, so, and that's, it's been a favorite since I was a kid. Um, it, it, yeah, it's amazing. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, there's no way it's going to hold up. Um, so, so it should be fun. Where is it available online? I don't know. So we will find it. Okay. I'm, I'm sure it's available somewhere. I, I was thinking maybe we should try and do the great big uh, super extendo family watch where we try and mm. rope in people from Corvallis, Washington, and Texas. Yes. That would yeah. be cool. I, I know my sister Erin would be a big fan. Oh, sure. <laughs> she loved <that> movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, we we will be finishing out the trishecta and then we'll figure out what we're doing from there if we want to do Firestarter. Um, it is a movie, right? Not a show? Or is it a show? I believe it's a movie. Okay. Yeah, I, thought, I think it's a movie. Yeah. Good. Because there's other stuff like The Time Traveler's Wife. There's a new series coming for uh, it. Uh, and yes. I know that's one of Michael Simshauer's favorite books. I like covering a Michael Simshauer's work. Yeah. 
as long yeah. as it's yeah, depressing it's a, and dark. Is it a miniseries or like a whole extended kind of series? Type? I think it's a limited series. I mean, it could be the kind of thing Phil commented on it uh, on our page mm. uh, that, you know, some of these series, if they're limited series, like mm-hmm. Childhood's End, right, that adapts one book. Yeah. But like yeah. The Handmaid's Tale, that first season adapts the first book. And then from there, you're, right. you're off. Well, yeah. The, I mean, not to, not to extend what we're going to do anyway, but something like Handmaid's Tale, I would do like the first season. And then stop there. Right, you know, right. But that's that's too much for us yeah. to do. We, we I know, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, um, but we, you know, we did the, like uh, Daily Triffids. Yeah, thank yeah. you. That was three movies yeah. and a miniseries, or two movies and a miniseries. We had more energy. So back something then. where they had like you know a short miniseries, I think is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as we movie. have the, as long as we have the time and the inclination. <laughs> you know, I want to back up what James is saying here because uh, right now we're really heavily optimizing around. You. Yes. And that is because you do most of the weightlifting for this show. Yeah. You do all of our editing. You do all of our promotion and posting and everything else. You do a whole other podcast where you're reading and interviewing people and doing all the sound editing there. Yep. And so I mean, that's not to guilt trip or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, j- if it was just watching the first season, which is 12, eight episodes. Yeah. Eight to 12. Uh, eight that, to that's, that's a month's worth of uh, rowing. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean. And then we just do that. I, I've already see. watched it, so. Oh, so I'm the slacker. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Okay. So you haven't seen the Hands Don't have uh, Hulu. No, oh, yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. But I can get it from the library. You can probably get it from the library. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'd true. be the kind of thing where I'd like, I'd, I'd just want to reread the book. I'd, I wouldn't feel like I needed to rewatch. Yeah. Um, and I could I could do an episode on it. But we've we've generally stayed away from doing yeah. adapted television just because we already have too many movies to do. Well, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But if we were ever missing a short work where you didn't need a reread and you have watched and read. Yeah. I, I could watch a mini series in a month. Mm-hmm. Somebody was asking me one when on Patreon. Uh, Alan Ricks was asking about Ender's Game. He's like, "Have you guys ever covered Ender's Game? What are your thoughts on that movie?" Because I did an episode for patrons uh, after I read the mm. final book in the Ender series, mm. and um, I just kind of broke down the whole series and my thoughts about about the whole thing. And and he's like, "Well, what about the movie?" Because I, I hadn't talked about it. Yeah. Well, you remember at one point a long time ago the idea. Yeah. Uh, we were going to have. Our three sons. Yes. Host the podcast. It. Host the <laughs> podcast and then and then do what we do. Yep. You know, I was gonna loan you one for a short period, James. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um and that just it just never came around. Yeah. And Ethan stopped reading oh. books. So still? Yeah, pretty much. Ethan, buddy. <laughs> pick pick up a book and read, even a little bit. Dude, don't don't lose it because it is so valuable. Right. And maybe you could podcast about it someday and make as much money as your dad. <laughs> right. Yes. Buku bucks. <laughs> Just don't get stuck doing the editing. No, no, definitely not. I mean, one of the other things would be, of course, you know, when we originally did this podcast, you were going to edit. <laughs> you were going to edit? I was? Yeah. No, I was just I, doing the production. <laughs> no, I, I, when, when we did our real future retrospective, I went back and listened to the first right. episode that we ever recorded. Wow. And we mentioned, James will edit this thing and, and get it out. <laughs> so. Yeesh. Something happened there. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, it, I don't mind doing the editing. I've, I've kind of got it down to a science. I know I know the product I like to put out and it'd be harder to mm-hmm. have somebody else do it. Okay. So. I, I, I mean, I could do the editing and that I won't do any editing. I'll just put it out there. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're getting to rambling. We didn't even rank them. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of question here, but rank them, Colin. Book. <laughs> <laughs> BM, you're saying? <laughs> Book, my several potty breaks during the movie, and the movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll go book movie. Uh, I've now seen this movie twice for some reason. So so you see, listeners, we, the things that we do for you. Thank, thank you for sacrificing <laughs> for us. Seth, you yes. did this twice. Yes. So do let us know, listeners. Uh, have you seen this movie? Have you read this book? Uh, I'm curious if anybody else found anything enjoyable from either the movie or the book or this podcast. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in our other podcast, we have heard from people that uh, study James White, because mm. that's his book, All Judgment Fled. Right. And so if you know more about Robert Sheckley than we do, which shouldn't be hard, and you want to tell us more about his style of writing or his characterizations or yeah. other things, we would love to hear from you and, and learn more about him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're we're getting just a little slice, right? Because mm-hmm. we had the short story, two short stories, and now we're going to do you know a novel and novella. Yeah. So, I mean, doing and he's four prolific, works, yeah, so. doing four works of his, is he the author we have covered more times than anyone else? Or does that still fall no. to Crichton? Or No, it's it's still got to be Philip K. Dick, right? We did a whole summer of Philip K. Dick. Yeah. We've also done Bradbury, obviously. Lots of Bradbury. Um, a couple of Heinleins. couple. We're getting out of here. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can feedback at 
pavementpodcast.com or tweet at us at pavementpodcast. Tweet at me at Hugo's Podcast. And uh, find us on Facebook. Find us on Facebook. Yeah, that's that's where we interact with people. Uh, Stephen Ernest Lindelbauer is always looking for other people to interact with uh, on on there and other places. He emails and is like, hey, where can I <laughs> interact with folks? Um, so if you're one of those silent listeners out there who just listens to us and shakes your head and goes, I'm not sure why I'm still listening to this, <laughs> um, you know, reach out to us and tell us that. <laughs> or you can leave us a very nice review. That would be good right. too. Sure. I, I don't usually ask for those things. Um, so, and if you want to support the podcasting here, you know, I'm, I'm using a digital recorder that I bought with Patreon funds. Uh, so thank you to all the patrons. And I do occasionally post exclusive content. I'm, I'm working on a couple other things because people liked the Ender one and like, hey, tell us more about other series that you've read. And I'm like, I haven't read a lot of other series, but I have read a lot from a couple different authors. Mm-hmm. So I can, do, I can do a rundown of some of my favorites of their work. So I'm probably going to be doing that. Uh, so if you want to get that, you can go to patreon.com slash Hugo's podcast and sign up to support us. And you can throw us a suggestion that way. And we'll probably get to it sooner than we would just if you emailed us. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. And until next time, may the road rise up to meet you. And may the book always fall open to where you left off. Bye, everybody. So, yeah, very philosophical, 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 deep, <laughs> mini concepts. Why don't you just try that again? Philosophical. The notion of the... How available is the notion of my ocean? Mm. How available is? <laughs> yeah, all right, cut that out. That goes in the blooper reel. <laughs>